Woods. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 282 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host today, Pete Visco. Welcome, everyone. Tonight, we are missing Howard. Paul and I will will talk about in a few minutes, but Paul and I alone are going to be discussing Arlington Million Day at Colonial Downs. That doesn't exactly jive, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get through it anyway. And then when Paul and I are done with Colonial Downs, stick with us. Jim Miller, as usual, on our Thursday show. He'll be joining us to talk about the late pick four at Hawthorne on Sunday. So before we get started, let's go through some of the boring administrative stuff. If you see on the bottom of the screen there, definitely under the video player, or I should say to the right of the video player, hit that subscribe button, let YouTube know that you're interested in our show, and also hit that like button, hit the notification bell so you know when all our shows are coming up. For any of you audio listeners, please also listen, subscribe, rate, review on wherever you listen to your audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. I like Overcast personally. I think it's a really good app. So however you do, please listen, subscribe, and rate. Follow us on Twitter. The show's Twitter is the same as Howard's Twitter, at H. Kravitz. And then when Paul and I are on the screen, you'll also see our Twitter handles. So please, if you're watching, if you like the show, Give us all a follow. Check out our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. We all went to Saratoga, as you may have seen on last night's show this past weekend. So on the photos page, there's a bunch of pictures from our trip. There's also sample podcasts, power picks, links to YouTube. There's stuff now about the, the horses that some of the members of the HHH Racing Podcast have ownership in. There's articles by the fantastic Paul Halloran from the Saratoga Special. There's tournament results. There's so many things. If you want to know about us, the betting and boozing guys, anybody, check out our website. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our power picks, our regular power picks, as we always say, $15.99 a month, basically four bucks a week. We're uh, go through Patreon if you want to subscribe. Again, the link is at the bottom of the video player and also on our website. Check it out. It's been pretty profitable. So I think you'll enjoy that for sure. And then our Saratoga Power Picks. If you want to subscribe, again, right now we're only offering weekend Power Picks. So it's for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You get full card. You get top three. You get ABC grids. You get price and spot plays. You get other bets. If you want to subscribe, you have until midnight tonight for this upcoming weekend. If you miss that, then it opens back up on Monday for next weekend. So again, midnight tonight, Eastern, I should say, then it will close for the weekend. So if you really want to jump on those, um, try and do it within the next few hours. So that's all the, the administrative stuff. So let's just bring Paul on so we can sort of get this day going. So my co-host tonight from the Saratoga Special, Massachusetts, wherever else you want to find him, the great Paul Halloran. What's happening, Paul? Well, hello, Pete. How are you? I am I'm doing a, very well. Pete, I'm about two-thirds of the way caught up 
from being back to Saratoga. And I mean, I mean, just not walking around like a zombie anymore. You know, it's funny. It. I am still I, I, I still have been staying up too late, so I haven't caught up on sleep, which is an awful idea. So I'm basically tired constantly. And my family and I are flying to California for the week on Saturday. So oh. we'll, we'll be all screwed up with the time zones and everything at that point. So. Needless to say, it is. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'll be. I'll be untired for a little while. So. Yeah. Well, I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, but uh, as I say, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. You know, and, I, and, not- I, and after the show, I have to finish tomorrow's Saratoga Power Pick, so I'm not getting there tonight. <laughs> so you're basically work. You know, you're working your night job. You're working your day job. Uh, I've, yeah, I've actually worked my day job every day this week. So what an outrage! What are they doing to us? Well, I guess you need the money if you want to keep uh, if you want to keep yeah. betting the horses. So we gotta we gotta do something there. While uh, we made a joke last night on the show that is it conspicuous that Howard and Kyle, who's not usually on our Thursday show, skipped today because we are covering Arlington Million, Beverly yes. D, the Secretariat this year yeah. at Colonial Downs, which makes perfect sense, obviously. So I, we've been we've been messing with Howard saying, you know, did you skip this one just because you're still pissed at CDI? But he did send us a picture and it looks like he is, quote unquote, at at a school event tonight. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, I would have no problem in calling it the million. The million. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I, I love the I always loved Arlington Million and not with any connection to to Arlington Racetrack. But I just loved the turf day. And it was always such one oh, of my favorite great. days. Yeah. Um, it was really a great day, Pete. So I'm going to still enjoy it regardless of in what location they wind up having it. Let's take a quick peek and see who's who's joining us. First commenter of the night. We should start giving out a little prize. First commenter of the night. Katie with a hey. Hello, Katie. We got Michael Lawson. Hello. Who's always, who's always in there with us. Time for a great show. We hope Howard who that's from the HHH racing podcast on the, on the Facebook feed. Oh, Paul Halloran with the Howard who joke. And we never race on turf at Saratoga. Poor rain, right? Well, don't say that because poor, poor Paul is doing the picks for tomorrow and it looks like another potential washout day. So half the picks go to crap, which is a pain in the neck. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know, Pete. It's I, the forecast. Sylvain's there. Uh, he's in the chat. Said they had a storm. The forecast was it, it wasn't really supposed to rain beyond eight or nine o'clock tonight. Yeah. It did not rain all day up there. I watched the races today. I don't think they got any during the day. Uh, I, I got to think they're going to do everything they can at least to run the stakes tomorrow. I mean, they've already held up the uh, the the Hall of Fame stakes by a week. And, yeah, you know, you got Euros over here. Yeah, and, oh yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I am handicapping as if they're going to be on the turf. I like it. I mean, hope it is. Cause again, that was, that was a really, that was a good race. We were excited for it last time. It got basically canceled with, you know, so many minutes to post. So few more made in focus more than looks cross centered in the colonial race, I guess, just assumed he was going at Saratoga tomorrow. I yeah, yeah sure. you know what? I handicapped. I don't know what you did, Pete. I left that horse off my colonial picks. Oh, you did? I did. The I'm, assuming, I'm assuming the same thing. I okay. mean, if the horse is at Saratoga, uh, you know. Probably going probably gonna to run there then. Yeah, yeah, that horse is in the uh, more than looks was in the which race? The Secretariat? Th- yeah, so the Secretariat yeah. of Colonial is worth. Five hundred thousand. 
It is a mile on turf for three-year-olds, grade two. And the Hall of Fame at Saratoga is worth 500000 a mile on turf for three-year-olds. So I would think, you know, if you're Cherie DeVoe and the horse is already at Saratoga, you stay there, but we'll yeah. find out. Well, we have from Sylvain. He's in Saratoga rainstorm a few hours ago. So we'll, we'll see what happens again. We have, we have a lot of people in the chat. We really appreciate that. So why don't we jump in? Yeah, I did the opposite so we can, we'll see where that pick lands up. I had, Oh, uh Oh, suffered a bad DQ on powers court at five. Oh my late, God. I had, Oh my God. I had that horse made. You did focus. Too. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that race. Oh, why did he remind me of that race? <laughs> Thanks, Maiden Focus, for, I for think I, And I think I had a, a, a horse second who was a decent price, too. <laughs> oh, I, oh, we all remember okay. those, don't we? we don't. Oh, boy. All yeah. right. Well, all right. We got to move jump, on. <laughs> yeah, let's jump into Colonial. And don't forget, everyone, after Paul and I are done, Jim Miller will be joining me and him will talk through the late pick four at Hawthorne and we will let Paul go to do the power picks and finish those up. But let's jump into colonial right now. Let me bring this up. So as you can see the, the pick five, the late pick five, which we are covering is races seven through 11. It's a very, it's an awesome sequence though. Hopefully, I mean, this one should be good. I think the weather here is going to be fantastic. So race seven, handicap seven furlongs we got six right now it's a tough one because the two favorites are pretty chalky so i'm not sure if it's the greatest betting race we have frosted departure at six to five bouncer at eight to five let me bring up our banners here you and i weren't too far off here let's bring up the pps you could talk through you went with the six frosted departure on top I mean, to me, this was a little bit of a toss-up race. What did you What you like better about Frosted Departure? Yeah, I, I, you'll note, Pete, when we get to the pick five play uh, at the end of the sequence, um, I, I get uh, I get wider. <laughs> I get <laughs> me wider too. as we me go. And, yeah, well, I did the same you know, exact thing. And, and actually, this you know, you could make an argument that this race you could maybe pick one of them. I I, I think. I would be very surprised if the one or the six did not win this race. Me too. I'm with you. Um, why did I go with the six to answer your question? I, I Number one reason is the company yeah. uh, he's been keeping. Uh, Rivet looks like is running really well. Uh, uh, General Jim is, is entered on turf in, in one of the stakes at – Saratoga to my thing he's in the Hall of Fame as a matter of fact yeah that was um, I didn't know what to do with General Jim in that race that was a weird a weird choice but yeah. at least he had been on the turf before but yeah sorry go ahead he ran well and he ran well in that race and you know Fort Bragg came back to win um, you, you just look at the company lines Rivet and Prince Jericho both came back to win uh, uh, two races back so um, yeah, it was you know, on the Derby Trail, you know, the South. Yeah, actually ran a decent so, third to a re your horse, Red Route One. Not to we hadn't talked. Well, I blew did that you, one did you watch that You know what? I I put it. I was what night was it? Was Sunday, right? I think it was Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I literally got home from Saratoga at eight o'clock, and you know, unpacked the car, started unpacking, did this and that. When I finally sat down. The race had just gone. Oh, that's the worst. That I definitely would have played that horse. He was rolling, um, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So again, it is a little bit of a, a flip of the coin. Um, 
I, I just, again, based on the company that the six has been keeping, I gave the six a slight edge. Yeah. And actually the, the couple of things that I had pointed out and, and people who care can see my half-assed notes up in the box here. So if you, if you want to see my wacky thought process, sometimes you can, if you can zoom in and read it, but the one thing you can almost toss that last one, this horse just doesn't seem to like an off track. So the rebel was a pretty poor, you know, it was on a hot pace too. I'm sure that had something to do with it, but just doesn't run as well on the slop. So you figure you get this one back on a fast track and, and he just looks pretty classy and it's going to be tough. Well, let's go to, we both have bouncer. You have bouncer in second. I have bouncer on top. Anything. What do you think about this one? This is a class, definitely a clash jump, even though from a, you know, sort of from a, a class standpoint of the race itself, it's not that far off, but just going up against frosted departure and the class and the races that he's coming out of, this seems more like a class jump for bouncer, but who's shown to be a pretty talented horse, especially in 2023 where he's just upped his game from, from last year where he was just sort of pedestrian. Yeah, I think it's an inter. Oh, excuse me, back to my yawning. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting move by Mark Cassie. You know that this horse ships here. Um, you know, I assume this horse has been with him at Saratoga. Um, I, I just thought it was an interesting move. But you're right. Uh, two very good races this year. You know that that first race uh, took the lead and then got nabbed. But that you know that was the first start in. Well, pardon me. The first race off the layoff is what I meant to say. Yeah, uh, came back with a, in a in a state bred race at Gulfstream. Cassie's tough to keep track of, Pete. He runs everywhere. Everywhere. He's in, he is well, in Canada. He's in Belmont, Saratoga. He's everywhere. And you look. I mean, five wins out of sixteen, nine out of sixteen in the money. So he's killing it at Colonial. So maybe that's part of the reason. Like, yeah. hey, I'm hot here. Let me let me bring a horse here. See if we can get a hundred thousand dollar. You know, I got a hundred thousand dollar purse here. So why not give it a shot? Plus, the one thing I liked about this one that I noted was started this year and picked was off a what is that about a five month layoff picked up Lasix this year and maybe that's part of the turnaround so a combination of the the natural improvement from two to three plus the addition of Lasix this horse just seems to be a, a completely different animal at this point um anything yeah. else you want to add yeah on well you, you're you always do a great job paying attention to the Lasix thing that the rest of us don't but interestingly the six horse whom I picked uh, only in the company lines on the DRF uh, 12 deep has only run on it twice. And he also gets it back this race. Yeah. Again, uh, that's, a, that's a weird one. Cause it, it's not like he wasn't running well without it. So he was running basically the same or even a little bit better without it. So you never know. I, I, maybe, you know, more about when that decision is made, but I, you know, it's hard to know well, unless you know the horse. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the default is it's used. And again, if you it, can, it, if you can it, use it, kind it's of pre- thing. It's preventative. You know, that's the thing. I think people, you know, don't understand it. It is. It's not a. Well, I, I guess it's performance enhancing if it prevents a horse from bleeding. But you know, with all the stuff we got going on, I don't think we want horses uh, bleeding. Yeah, I think there's enough troubles at this point. Yeah, I also like Brian Hernandez uh, being on this horse. So, yeah. again, uh, Caveman, you know, if you want to really spread at the end, pick one of these two. Agreed. Uh, I'm going to go with both of them and 
see what happens. RDW mentioned that the one is probably going to be the controlling speed and based on sort of the pace figures and the, the rail, I, I assume that'll be the case. And the only, we both have the four top recruit to me, it wasn't really a top line kind of horse though. It's just, you have to pick somebody in third. And this one at least does have some back class came back this year, was on the turf and then had a little bit of a slow start and, and not the best of trips in that last race. So if this horse hits second, it definitely wouldn't shock me. I, I just don't see, I don't see him getting, getting, uh, fall, finishing ahead of the top two at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's running with some good horses, obviously ran in the champagne. Um, you know, the turf, obviously the wanted no part of turf, uh, that the last race, uh, two yeah, races two back, races the, back. Ra- the race uh, on uh, Preakness Day down yep, at yep. Pimlico, um, and also caught some good turf horses. You know, the six kind of handled them pretty easily at Churchill last November, but yep. you know that that Street Sense race with two fills at Churchill, you know that looks like a pretty decent race based on how obviously how two fills came back. Yeah, they had some high hopes for this one. It just hasn't really materialized. You almost just have to see it once before you before you could trust it. All right, let's move on to the next one. Now we're going to get into sort of the meat and potatoes of this thing. Race eight, grade two, the secretariat for three-year-olds, purse 500,000 going a mile on the inner turf. We have a field of eight. We're saying eight. We're, we're, we're not sure about more than looks. We think maybe more than looks might go at Saratoga tomorrow, but for now we're, we included it and it's on, he's on my picks. So if he scratches, then um, maybe I'll give a, a sort of a third pick on, on the air while we're talking. So let's look at the PPs. You could start us off again. You are going with the three Nagarok in this one. And this is a really fun field. I mean, this is, this one seems wide open. What'd you like about this one? And this horse, I believe was scratched last weekend at Saratoga, if I'm not mistaken, Pete. I know he was scratched. He was scratched somewhere recently because I haven't. So what do I like about Niagara? Well, I think obviously look at the consistency, eight for eight on the board lifetime. Uh, I'm a huge Graham Motion fan. Yes. Throw that in. Um, You know, got beat by more than looks last time. I'm I'm expecting more than looks to – stay at Saratoga. I thought the Murphy, the race of Pimlico was a pretty decent race. Uh, this horse was bet like uh, he's supposed to win and, and won easily. Yeah. That was a win uh, for I, fun kind of race. That yeah, one, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought ran well in the race at Keeneland. Now he did get beat by the horse uh, immediately to his right, who kind of had everything his, uh, his way that race. They went in that race at Keeneland, they went almost 25 seconds for the second quarter. So obviously being on the lead was uh, was a huge advantage for most dash um, in that race. Um, I think it's a, a potentially a different story. Although I will say this, Pete, uh, the American turf race at Churchill was a really good race. You know, Webslinger, we saw Webslinger. He came back and ran huge last yep. Saturday. He just got beat by a potential Chad Brown monster, right? Yeah. Um, so th- this horse, I'm, I'm looking at it. I probably should have had this horse in there somewhere. But back to Najarok, very consistent. Um, you know, ran when well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. You know, you got to decide what you're going to do with the Appleby, right? Um, yeah, I was going to talk about that one next. You know, we both have it, so we'll we'll talk about that one know, next. Just missed in the Juvenile Turf. Um, I'm not the biggest Jamie Spencer fan, however. 
I did look it up. Uh, Appleby and Spencer in the U.S. the last five years, five starts, two wins. Yeah. Jamie Spencer can win, uh, you know, ship, shipping over here. And he usually is um, coming over on, an, you know, on a good horse when he went. I mean, right. if an Appleby's yeah. bringing a horse over, it's usually quality. So he could ride yeah. a quality horse for sure. Yeah, although Appleby this year is not having nearly the year over here. No, uh, I actually had that, that he had last year. Appleby two for 13 on the win end, eight for 13 in the money. So his horses are still hitting the board, but only two for 13 in the U.S. in 2023. So definitely a huge change from from last, last year, year where he was winning. It, it felt yeah. like he was winning every race that he came over for. Yeah, he was like over 50 percent, wasn't he? Oh, here um, we go. Trish in the, in the comment. Single silver knot. I like the confidence. Oh, Trish, Trish is with the euro. Well, again, I, I couldn't argue against that. Uh, but the combination of Appleby not being quite as hot this year, I, I am not the biggest Jamie Spencer fan. I, you know, I like when Buick comes over with the horse. Uh, although Fabridge, Pete, who everyone was down on, still ran a good third in that race up at Saratoga last weekend, uh, is a good horse. Honestly, uh, the, and, the, the biggest reason – oh, sorry, I mean, you are going to say something No, else. I was just going to say, uh, you know, the, this horse's losses – you know, you could say, well, he's 0 for 3 in the U.S., but – you know, none of Victoria them are Road terribly bad losses. Even the last time, you know, that's a mile and a quarter, folks. Well, that's and the what, time yeah. before that, a mile and an eighth. Um, I can see, you know, Trish is obviously looking for this horse to get a, a, a snug rail trip and could very well be the case. See, my, yeah, actually, let's, let's, Look at this trader betraying Arlington right now by by being here to, to talk to talk and watch us talk about the Colonial Downs. But welcome, Kyle, betting and booze and host for anybody who doesn't know for some reason. But Kyle used to work at Arlington and is a, is a devout Arlington person. So um, oh, we got Howard here, our open house here at school. Get to work. Talk to people. Stop watching the show. We, yeah, don't, some, we don't need you Pete, in the chat. Some poor parent wants to know what type of math he's teaching this year, and he wants to and know if more than to... looks. Yeah, Howard says, well, I'll, I'll let you know as soon as they find out if more yeah. than looks is shipping to it's, Colonial or I not. I mean, unbelievable. Get, get, do your job, man. Do, do some work. <laughs> so <laughs> to, get, to get back quickly to the race, my thought with Silver Knot is, and you sort of, sort of hinted at it, I like the cut back now that we're back at a mile. I I feel like maybe this horse is going to be a miler. And if this horse is just a strong miler and the last two were just a little bit out of his range, then maybe you get a race closer to what we saw in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, who Victoria Road was just better, I thought. I mean, I had Victoria Road on top that day, and Silver Knot was, didn't have the best trip and was closing all over that horse. So my thought was at a mile, that's why I'm going with this horse on top. You have you have him in second, I should say. Yep. Let's jump quick. So I have, so we're a little bit, there's a few others we should talk about. So I had the yep. seven and we talked about it. So we're going to, we think the seven's going to scratch out, but obviously if the seven is in Paul, I assume you would have, would you have had this horse just for, you know, I have to talk about it too long. Would you have had this horse? If for some reason he does run in this race, would you have put him in your top three or did you not even pay attention to him? Yeah, I was. Uh, I would have used this horse on the board. So this is this is purely speculation. Okay, I probably should sure. have should have tried to find out. Obviously, if the horse is uh, going to Colonial, is well, he was probably go today. Probably wouldn't go tomorrow. But look yes, at, look the, at this, this comment, Paul. Look at, look at this garbage. I know your favorite host is not there. 
that they, you know why they're not liking because they're they're so entrenched in watching when we're doing it. They don't they don't really have time to be liking the the, the video. They're just watching and listening intently. I, that's that's my assumption. So let's can we, see. Uh, is it possible to block him, Peter? You know it is. That? I can I can do that <laughs> for, for the sake of all the kids at that school is what I is what I should do. There is a oh you know what I could do? I could either ban the user and delete their comments or just put them in timeout. That would be a very <laughs> teacher thing to do is to just put time Howard in, to, in, in time out. I would love that. Go to the corner. Dunce cap in the <laughs> dunce cap in the in the corner. We that's what we should do for sure. Oh yeah. So um so you know again Pete, I, I I'm with you hundred percent on the cutback angle. Um yeah. You know this horse was a seven furlong horse over in Europe. Of course it is very typical you know you say you run a mile over there you can almost certainly get at least a mile and an eighth over here, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and the mile and an eighth race, you know, interestingly, uh, uh, came from behind. You know, poor Richie Mullen, the guy who got hurt. Uh, yeah, he got hurt. Uh, yeah. Saratoga a few weeks ago. But um, I don't think the horse is going to be coming from the back of the pack uh, in, in this race, although I think certainly can close. My only concern, again, is – you know, occasionally the Euro jockey will just get them just too far behind because yeah. we all know every race over there is run. You know, the last quarter mile is like a quarter horse turf race, right? Well, and so, in, in, in the in, just to just to wrap this race up in the Penine Ridge, Calic had I think it was pronounced Calic. I forget how the pronunciation. Calic did have a pretty slow lead and was basically the the only pace. But yeah, so I, I feel like that one coming from the back, you're a little pace disadvantage. Whereas here we didn't talk about, but Mostache definitely has speed and will be on the lead. Northern Invader looks like could have some speed was, you know, sitting off a really hot pace in the last one. Major Dude is a good horse who would be sitting right off. And then even Nagarok, Nagarok is never too far off. So I think there should be at least a little bit more pace in, in here for a horse like Silver Knot to close into. Anything else you want to hit here? Or should we move on to the next one? Uh, no, other than I, I probably need to have the six a little more. Uh, uh, not the six, the uh, the four. I, I probably have to take another look at. I did not have my top three. That could have been a oversight. You know, it's funny, Victor. Well, not funny. For her, I guess, Victoria Oliver, one for 86 in graded stakes over the past five years. But the win was Mostache back here in the Transylvania. So maybe this is this is her lucky horse and she can get this one on the front end and get her second graded stakes win over that period. All right, let's move on to the ninth. Now we're going to hit the grade one races. The grade one Beverly D, another purse of 500,000, mile and three sixteenths on the outer turf. We have a field of seven with the favorite being a softer favorite being the one Fev Rover. And we have a horse in here, Rocky Sky, who I forget is cross entered in. I think I put it in here. It's cross entered, I think, tomorrow at Saratoga. Yes, Friday at Saratoga. So again, we're not 100% sure if Rocky Sky is going to go here or at Saratoga. I hadn't seen anything, Paul. I don't know if you. That's a, to... yeah, that's an allowance. I'm just looking at the race. It is, uh, yes, yes. It's yes. a, it's an optional claiming allowance. Um, 
it's a good field, but it, it's a fun field, but it's not, it's not a $500,000 yeah. race. So you would assume. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it's guesswork, but my guess is if I had a guess, I'd, I'd think the horse is going to show up here. Okay. So you have, let's go with, you have on top and you, you were, you and Tom Espinosa here, and it looks like Michael Lawson with the five. So you're going with the five on top, Didia for, for Ignacio Correas. What do you, what do you like about this horse? This horse has done absolutely nothing wrong since, uh, since she's come over to the U S. So what I assume that's, that's the first thing you like is that this horse just always runs. Yeah. My good friend, Jessica Benson, who was worked the colonial the last few years, uh, uh, I don't. I think it was the day of the fairground race. One of the two first races this year, uh, she sent out a note saying, uh, "Get this. This is the horse that's going to win the Philly and Mayor Turf." And that, oh wow, I, wow, that kind of caught my attention. So yeah, that'll get you. Yeah, and so I've been on the horse since, and and actually, you know, she's run three very good races this year. Two easy wins, and you know, matched her top figure last time in a second to a. Uh, to a Chad Brown horse who, um, uh, if I remember correctly, had the race, had the run of the race market segmentation. So, yeah, I'm showing it here um, where he had the, yeah, had the lead. And then that, that, that horse went and stepped up and actually ran in the Diana against White Beam in Italian and Fev Rover, who I assume we'll talk about sooner rather than later. So, yeah, it was no, it, it was no, uh, bad shakes to lose to that horse for Didier. For yeah. Sure. So I've, I've been on Didier and played every time and uh, including the last time, but uh, I, I see no reason why uh, she can't come back here. Uh, Shemino is a good jockey, had a good Keeneland meet. Yeah. Uh, you see he's uh, 22% for the year. Yeah. It looks good uh, at Colonial Downs, 14% overall, which is and not terrible. It's a good race though, Pete. I'll tell you this. There's some horses that uh, I think several horses in here, Pete, that their best race puts them oh, right 100%. on the wire for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, know, real, real quick before real quick before we go off, Didier surprisingly has the first two races in the U.S. were at at Colonial, so one yes. of the few in the, in the stakes races you don't expect them to have a ton of Colonial Downs experience. This one came over as two for two. I just wanted to point yeah. that out before we before we move to the next one. Yeah, but go ahead. You were going to talk about. Well, no, you were talking. You picked the one. You Pete, to I almost Rover? did. So yeah, I mean, what so, what has he done wrong? She done wrong. She yeah, done. I mean, th this horse has come back in, and and we always like that. So even from a move from four to five, where you could see improvement from four to five, it's not like it stops all of a sudden. You see, this horse was solid last year. You know, ran a decent fourth placed third in disqualification in the EP Taylor to Rougier and Moira. So not exactly, not, you know, not exactly easy company, but then comes back. What is that? Nine months later or so, 10 months almost later, pops a 99 buyer, lifetime buyer top, beats Moira again on a yielding turf, then comes, runs in the Diana against uh, an Italian, who's the, the best female turf horse in the country, generally thought of, and White Beam, who's right there, obviously now, and Fed Rover was coming. I mean, we can we could show a bit at the end here, but Fed Rover was that was the uh, the Chad Brown invitation, all right? Did he have four out of the five? Unbelievable as usual. So let's we'll skip this. We'll see how far we can get. But um, yeah, talk about this race a little bit. I don't know. So when when you're watching it, I'm you know we're a huge an Italian fan on this show. Yep. I know I am. The one thing you notice is in Italian didn't really kick away and white beam is sort of sitting right off. And then you see Fev Rover is the one 
sitting there on the rail. And then if, if you watch sort of kicks outside. So you, you, you lose a little bit of that natural momentum just from going sideways while you're trying to chase two monsters. And then as those two are battling, Fev Rover kind of kicks in late and, you know, makes it a little, I mean, she was, I don't think she was never winning this race, no. but she made it a lot closer than I think people would have expected against those top two. So I definitely think she's, she's on the, she's on the up and up for sure. And I think still has improvement to go. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And, and, and ironically, Pete, if in Italian kicked away, like she probably should have, yeah. Fedrova probably could have followed her right up the inside. Fedrova wouldn't, wouldn't have needed to get off the rail yep. because there would have been space there. Um, you know, in Italian was a heavy favorite in that race and did, coming off some huge races. So, no, that this is, um, you know, as I said, uh, Fevrova is sitting right on top of a 100 buyer, uh, 299s in a row. You know, we have the wild card of a, a first-time Euro um, uh, with Graham Motion in here. Yep, who, let's talk who about knows, Yep. You know, who, and, who and knows what's going to happen with that horse. You know, now he hasn't – it looks like he hasn't had the horse that long, only one workout at Fair Hill. It was last Saturday. Yep. Um, you know, he doesn't have tremendous numbers first time over here, but he's a tremendous horseman, and he's especially tremendous with turf horses. And uh, Johnny V is he's fit to take them out. So, you know, if you're, if you're playing ABCs, you know, you better find a home for this three horse in your grid. Yeah, how often do you, I mean, you you never want to get beat by by a European horse in one of these turf races. And again, this is a good field. It's not a it's not, you know, none of these horses are so proven where this horse can't come over and and beat them. Yeah, as you see the stat here, motion 0 for 18 wins, 7 for 18 in the money with a trainer trainer switch in graded stakes. So that that's not related to just foreign shippers or anything. Right. But for whatever reason, the first race after the trainer switch isn't necessarily his thing from a win perspective at this level. So if you want to look for a knock, that could be one. It's not the hugest sample size in the world. But like you said, you can never discount a Euro coming over. You have the six in third. We, might, we have some time. So let's let's hit that one real quick as well. Is this one more of a win contender or for you, is this sort of a maybe a B, a B level on the backside of it? Well, yes and yes. You know, it's it's you know we're down to one of the other chads, right? Yep. So he's got one, two. He's got only only has two in here. Is it so, two? Uh, yeah. I guess this one would yep. be. No, actually, no. They're both five, six to one. Yeah, I mean, I I thought uh, for a, for a layoff uh, last time, a long layoff, the horse ran well enough. Lost to another chad and consumer spending. Yep. Um, one thing I wanted to go back just quickly, Pete, to that three. You know, there are euros that ship over here because, ironically, they they want the firmer turf. Yeah. I got a funny feeling this is one of them. Uh, heavy turf fifth over there. Soft turf, he ran second. But then good turf over there is, is probably closer to our firm, right? Yeah. Um, you know, win, second win. 
Um, now this race here, you can this this race is a monster race, and Russian Russian Emperor Warren Point are are two top notch horses, and it's correct. Grade one race, so yes. you can't look at that and only lost by five, even though finished eight. Right. You can't look at that and say, oh, doesn't like it a little closer to good because right. that that was a monster field. And anyway. then three in a row after that on soft or good soft. Yeah, no, that's so a, that's maybe and again, this is this is conjecture as much as you could. <laughs> think, but 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 we do know we, we know for a fact in fact there's a horse running at saratoga tomorrow uh in the uh, hall of fame and i'm going to tell you his name is ocean vision yep ocean vision is a horse over from france uh we previewed that horse uh sean clancy previewed him in the special last friday when we thought the race was last friday and the trainer tim dawnworth who it's his last start with the horse the horse has been sold, but said outright he wants it firm and he was hoping it didn't rain. So yeah. I got a funny feeling, and, and I have no idea what the weather's going to be like at Colonial. Hopefully it's not like the rest of the East Coast. Doesn't rain. Well, you're, you're down there. How's the weather in Maryland? Right? I mean, it, it looks great. I haven't really yeah. paid attention to the weekend since we weren't going to be here, but I assume it's – I think someone might have mentioned it's going to be nice. I can't remember Good. earlier in the chat. Maybe. Yeah, so, so this horse – you know, this that's – so back to our original point. If that is the case, then that makes the three even more playable. So now, you know, now take a look at the four. The four, uh, yeah, big step up in class. Ran a huge race last time I had them. The the wins are so few and far between, I remember (laughs) them. Um, You know, and and Brendan Walsh goes to Jamie Spencer. Um, So this is a tough race. Uh, I think someone put in the chat, it could be a stampede to the wire. but I do think my girl Didia here can go either way. You've seen her come from way behind, and then you've seen her be tactical. She was very tactical in the modesty. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm still going with Didia, but I think there are several other horses who can win. No, I agree, and I think that the there's a there's not speed in here, so a lot of them are probably going to be looking for similar trips. I mean, if you look at it, Gina Romantica likes to sort of sit just off. If Rocky Sky does come here, likes to sit somewhere just off. Didia is better, I think, when being closer, but has the ability to come from off. So, but in this race, I don't think you're going to get a hot pace. Mizan Sen looks like likes to come. She likes to come from a little bit further back. We're not a hundred percent sure. I, I think this one is more mid-pack when I watched a couple of the replays. But again, once they get here, you never exactly know. Jan's girl is a little, I think, a little out of out of her league in this race. And then Fev Rover, I mean, she she's done a little bit of everything. She could come off. She could sit close. So I agree with you. I think this is just a really tough race. I think it's wide open and... Um, if you're looking, if it might be, hey, if you can get this horse at a half decent price, maybe you take a shot, and maybe your your conjecture is right yeah. about the fast about they, the fast track. I'll tell you what, Pete, they better make sure that uh, Mr. Pratt doesn't lead them on a merry chase here. Yeah, you know, you know, he that, put this horse right on the pace last time, and it was a long layoff, and you know she got passed by a few horses in the stretch. That. It looks like the lead, to your point, Pete, the lead is there for the taking. And uh, they better just be careful Mr. Pratt doesn't – it doesn't become one of those races where after the race we say, how the hell did they let that horse go all the <laughs> well, way? I mean, how many times do we do that and how many times is it a Chad that does it where you're like, oh, okay, they're yeah. going to let this Chad just run around the track? 
All right. So I don't think no. I don't have anything else there. Let's move to the let's move to the big one. This one might take a while. I have a, I have a funny little little anecdote about when I got your picks later. <laughs> so we got the we got the race 10, the, Ar- the grade one Arlington million, a million dollars. Not surprising based on the name of the race, although you never know in horse racing, they would be someone who would name it the million and, and have a different purse. A mile and a quarter on the outer turf rail at 70 feet. So just to just to point that out. We have a field of 11 going here, and we have a very, very tepid favorite in the four, a tone. So I'll bring up our picks, which is funny enough. So if you could see our picks on the bottom, I have 978. Paul has 2511. So we have completely six horses named out of the 11. We have six completely different ones. And when we get to our pick five tickets, I went four deep. Paul went four deep. And we have eight different horses in this race. (laughs) So I don't know if that's ever happened on the show before, but so we're going to talk about this one for a bit. We'll start with you, your top horse, the number two, never explain. Was this a race where you're like, Hey, almost everyone can win it. And I'm just going to sort of narrow a bit. Is that, is that where you landed on sort of your first pass through? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, you know, the, the Bowling Green, which was just two weeks. First of all, um, atypical for Shug to run a horse back in two weeks. Yep. Uh, so the horse has got to be really in form. Um, you know, God love Channel Maker, nine years old, still winning stakes races. But, you know, that was one of those races where Channel Maker just went and no one else really went with him. And, and that was the one where know, Rebel's Romance was loaded and wound up throwing – yeah, right. Rebel. And, and yeah, they and, clipped. I think they clipped heels. Right? Is that what I can't remember what happened? Yes, that's, when Ryan that's, Mullen race, got hurt. that's the race. Rich, Rich, Richie Mullen. Mullen. I said Ryan Mullen. Richie Mullen. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I got to tell you, and, and I saw something online this week that you know, well, the way the pace was, Channel Maker would have been tough to catch. I think Rebel's Romance was winning that race. Oh, that horse was fun. loaded. That horse of was fun. loaded. Yeah, that horse was loaded it, for sure. What five lengths off at the time, Pete? Roughly. That's nothing. What, wasn't yeah. that far back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they went, you know, 50 and four uh, in a mile and three eighths race. They went 50 and four for the half crawling. So I don't think this horse had any real chance to come from that far behind. Um, thought he ran okay at Monmouth. Uh, we liked catnip that day. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a step up in class, but boy, this is, you know, Kyle and Howard can take heart in the fact that. This is not a very good run. It's a competitive. It's a great, as it's a the great overall, betting race. Yeah, but right, not, yeah, right, you're not going to be right. writing home to your grandchildren about, hey, I remember you know, when I saw Never Explain win the 2023 to, Arlington Million or whoever. To, to quote Rick Patino, John Henry is not cantering through that door. <laughs> Holy Toledo. Yeah. Uh, which is why, you know, I think that says why we could end up so deep, Pete. Maybe okay. people should just play the other three. That we you know, got eight we, covered. <laughs> we got eight. The, yeah, make sure we call those out. That's the one we. You should know, really masterpiece. Put on the so look at we look at masterpiece. That's you know, we saw what saw what Dutro did uh, with his second time, uh, uh, first time with White Abario last Saturday. Dutro took over this horse last time, ran a good second as the favorite to a to another Chad horse, and it was on yielding turf, so you never know. You know Adamo, turf. Adamo Pete has run good races. Closed like hell to win the United Nations last year. Uh, closed like hell to almost get to lose to another Chad horse, Tribuvan, who was running very well at the time. Yeah. Um, 
you know, again, uh, last two races last year, looks like he didn't run a step, but, you know, trying to close into slow paces, uh, you know. So, well, I think so, it's wide open. Santine won this on. race let's, last let's, year. Let's stay on the nine for a second. That was my yeah. top pick. And, and you're, well, getting, there you you're, go. Getting, you're getting a Chad and a Flavian Pratt at yeah. 10 to 1. And my thought with this one, well, first of all, again, you could sort of see my notes. Chad Brown, 35% on the win end, 60% in the money, first after these long 300 to 400 day layoffs on turf. Now, it's funny because if you change those windows a bit, the, the number changes, but it just shows that he can get a horse ready. And we always know that he can get one of his better horses ready. So, yeah, this one went from comes over decent second is off for six. Uh, no, what is that? Four months, basically runs a third to Santine in the grade one is a little bit further back, then gets this nice two second to a race for a tribute van. That was one, like you said, where he was up by seven, eight. And they just weren't catching them. And that horse, when he would do that over the last couple of years, you just weren't catching them. Then winds up winning the United Nations, then gets a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of cut in the ground in the last two and didn't love it. And and it also Gufo, Miramission, War Like Goddess, you know, decent horses, solid horses. And that was going a mile and a half. So my thought is if we can get this horse back to here, we can get this horse back a little bit of a cutback. Now, hopefully we're getting firm turf again. This horse is at five. Now I think maybe we see a better version of this horse. We see this version. And if you can get this horse at 10, which I doubt it necessarily just from the connection, but if you can get this horse as the fourth or fifth choice, third or fourth choice, whatever it might be, I think you got a shot to maybe get this ticket and get this ticket to pay out a little more than you would expect with a Chad Brown potential winner. So you wanted to talk. Yeah, go ahead. Are we surprised that I'm looking up now. Are we surprised that up to the mark is not in this race? I am right. I mean, I hadn't looked to see what the plan was. He won the Manhattan on Belmont day, June 10th. So it's a two, it's a two month layoff. Um, This one. Oh, he has no workouts in the last sixty days, so oh, something's up. Something might be up there, which is yeah, odd. I was not. I, I was not aware that. I, were you aware that horse was on the shelf? I was I, not. I was not, and that. I mean that. That would explain it because you would think if that horse. What do, you, what do you think that horse goes off right now against this field? Probably two to five, even, three to five. Well, I was going to say even, even tops. Yeah, even tops. So, yeah, geez, I'm I not even not sure if they all come if he's in this race. They might not I'm, even all come. And and I, I want to say, Pete, that Todd mentioned this race after the Manhattan. I mean, it would make it's a, I mean, it's a million dollar race and it's it's yeah. winnable against a, a relatively yeah. soft, older turf division. So it I, would I, got make- a, I just got a text from some guy named Howard it says up to the mark is injured. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I, how did I not? Oh. How do we not hear that? All right. Well, let's let's move on. So you yeah. have let, let, you have Rock Emperor, who this is a horse. Another Chad Brown. This is a yeah. horse that I never bet and never get right. And if I do happen to put him in something, he craps the bed. And when I don't put him in, he actually runs a half decent race. What, what's your idea with this one? Anything? Just shoot throwing darts at the at well. The no, it's 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 get as many chads as you can in a race <laughs> like this. Quite frankly, Pete, I don't think I have a damo. Um, yeah, which is funny because that's the one I have on top. So of course, the way we're we're going in this race. Yeah. So this is the one that 
no, this one has won a grade one. I thought, you know, sometimes when you have a Chad that needs the race, uh, needs the win a little more than the others, like needs the grade at stake or needs the grade one. But <laughs> this horse has won it. Uh, he's, he's won at grade one. You know, one thing we know, Pete, we understand why it's an 11 horse field. Yeah, right. exactly. There's nobody in here that you're that you're super worried about. And and the funny thing is most of the horse so many of the horses and we'll get to a couple more, so many of these are sort of come from behinders. So you're going to need a little bit of pace up front and and a lot of these are going to be trying to run the same race. So I could see this one being a blanket where either one horse will get away and just win and we'll be pissed because it won't be one that we have or it'll just be a blanket finish and you hope you're the one that gets the sort of the cleanest run or the cleanest trip. So you, well, that might be why a tone is seven to two on the morning line. Which I, I, originally, think so, right? I thought that was low, but based on what you just said, and based on the fact that Kendrick is going down to ride Who, you know, right Kendrick, here, I know it was an, it was an he is not a sit, 80. No. Kendrick is not a sit and wait uh, type of jockey. So, you know, I know it's a mile and a quarter, but we certainly yeah, could lead them all the way around there because you are right. And, and actually that is one of the reasons why I did get land on the two. I think the two has races that show he can be more tactical and, and be forward and be on the pace and maybe get first run yeah. on all of these closes. But I, I got to tell you, I'm, you know, I'm certainly going to play this pick five. Um, what the hell I'm going to do in this race. I mean, if you're going ABC, you're almost including, I mean, I'm trying to look masterpiece is a horse who I I just feel like masterpiece is maybe not as good, maybe on the win end where he might've been in the past, but it wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't jump out of your seat. Still the best, you know, from a, from a time form figure, you see this 123. if it does heat up, which I don't imagine it will, but if for some odd reason it does, this horse has a closing kick. And like you said, second race with Dutro, who's, working miracles apparently right now. So that wouldn't be surprising. Strong quality is a horse that I have in second. You don't have at all. This was what we were just talking about. Again, did step up in the Manhattan coming, you know, it was coming from two, an optional claiming win, then an allowance win stretching out. Then they put right into a mile and a quarter grade one Manhattan and doesn't run bad. I mean, look at this pace. Look at these figures. I mean, you're talking 164, 149, cutting crazy fractions and still only loses by five and a quarter to up to the mark soldier rising. Not the, not the greatest field, but you see red Knights in there. I mean, it's a pretty good field and this horse ran pretty well against this field. I feel like now that he's had a taste of sort of a taste of this level of competition, he's another one who's outside of a tone. So could maybe Castellano could say, okay, if a tone goes, I could sit off potentially and, and do sort of like what we did three races back. Or I, if a tone doesn't go, this horse can clear and see if he's the one that could take him around the track. And at 12 to one with only three turf starts under his belt, I'll take a shot with that for sure. Yeah. If I, if I'm going ABC speed, I need a couple of D's and a couple of E's. In this <laughs> exactly. I don't know if the alphabet goes, goes that deep four, nine, five, six here for, for Mike Austin. The last, so you have, I have catnip, which again, I think is, is similar in vain to what you were talking about. Would never explain. I think this horse is pretty tactical, should be able to sit close and will be behind probably a tone and, and strong quality 
and maybe again could be one that gets first run and you're getting this horse at at eight to one now and then you have you have Santine in your third spot won this race last year like you mentioned this one was at yeah. Churchill going a mile in an eighth so a little bit of a different and hasn't just sort of ran that race and then went in the crapper a bit, but yeah. Know, what are you and they for? tried. Yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I'm looking for a, a ridiculous race that someone's going to have to run third and fourth. Um, you know, they tried the dirt. Uh, I saw the race at church. Uh, I saw the turf race at Churchill, uh, you know, again, no match, but no match for up to the mark. Right. Yeah. And Hong Kong Harry is a real good West Coast, one of the best West Coast uh, turf horses. Yep. Um, And then oddly, they went to the dirt um, in the blame, and and that race was not a good race. No. And then the Hanshin, which was run at Ellis, the Hanshin in 2022 was won by Cody's Wish at Churchill Downs. The Hanshin was not a good race either. So, you know, although I am a Brendan Walsh guy and, you know, Tyler is is the, the regular jock and he's down there to ride. I don't know. Um, I mean, it, I, it's I one where it, it doesn't it feels a little bit like they're reaching by trying the different surfaces. They're trying different surfaces, different distances. They're trying a lot of everything. So they're maybe just hoping that they can regain some of that past form. But again, in a wide open race it's, it's again, we're not looking at, uh, there's nobody going to win. Most likely no one's coming out of this to win the, the eclipse award for best older, older turf male. But I think from a betting standpoint, it's definitely a race. As you can see on the screen here from like an ABC, I have every horse except the one. So the one is pretty much a lock <laughs> to win. So I see, I see Jim in the in the green room there. So let's us jump ahead to yeah, race we'll eleven. We'll try yeah, and zip through be, this one, yeah. and then so if we look at race eleven, see if we can get paid on this on this pick five, as PTF likes to say on, on his pod. We got allowance optional claiming twenty five per seventy thousand mile and a sixteenth on the inner turf. We have we're going twelve deep here. And the favorite, another, this is a great betting sequence. We've got another very soft favorite, the 10. This name is okay. Seven to two, Cooper Mendoza. You have, let me bring up our banners here. You are going with the four horse. Watch this birdie here, who I definitely took a strong look at myself. What do you like about this one? Well, you know, Pete, sometimes you look at a maiden race and, you know, you say, I'm going to bet the first timers because I don't, I'm not really impressed with the horses who have run. Yeah. I'm going to carry that to this race. You know, it is tough to go up against winners for the first time. I'm not that impressed with all these other horses. Who have <laughs> <No. won. laughs> you know, I, I, I look, my thinking is if you're going to have a horse win a race off a maiden win, in my opinion, this is the field for it. Yeah. You know, it's it's they're, they're not terrible, but I went through it a couple of times because, uh, you know, I'm kind of I do kind of default to that thinking, you know, because it, it is tough. It, it, it's tough to, to, to go yeah. against winners. But you know what? The horse ran a uh, jumped up 70, uh, 17, six, 17 points last time and put up a 77. And I'm going through you know, the other horses, and I'm thinking, well, he's probably going to go forward a little. You know, the seven who's a bomb's got an 83 on turf, so that's on turf. Um, 
Well, you know, there's several horses in here. Um, oh, this is turf. What am I talking about? Uh, so the seven horse has uh, a, a, an 83 on turf. The eight has an 80. My point is it's reasonable to see the seven, the four progressing off the 77 into the low 80s. And I think the low 80s is going to put you squarely in the oh, thick of this. 100%. And, well, it's funny. As you can see here, I had this horse as an A. just didn't make my – my top three, but the one thing I did like is that it, it came out of nowhere and that is a huge jump, but it wasn't that nothing caused it. So maybe it was the stretch out to the mile and a 16th could have helped. Maybe this horse is going to like yeah. the added distance again. So again, sometimes you're looking for a reason why a horse jumps up like that. And it's not just, Hey, the track was funny that day. And, and it, it was super, you know, it, it was just sort of juiced up and everybody ran a better buyer. This one, maybe, this longer distance can do it. And again, like you said, there's no world beaters in here real quick. We both have the nine. Why don't you, somebody uh, who mentioned the uh, Rob mentioned it. I think RDW mentioned the nine. This one just racing, pretty yeah, racing, yeah. Racing downwind did as well. Yep. So this one just clearly has, at least if you look at the last couple races, clearly has a pace advantage. And sometimes that could be enough. Was that your thought? That was my thought. I know for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the re, I agree with all of that. Uh, and, you know, I just, you know, the one for 12 prompts me not that to hurts, pick them right? on. So prompts me not to pick them on the win end. You know, the, uh, certainly the, the, you know, obviously Vancouver out of Arahi, man, there's a reason the horse has been on turf, uh, her whole life except for one start yeah yeah i i think the horse is right there i just you know and, and will probably probably be a b on my abcd yeah. my abcd grid uh <laughs> but uh yeah i just the one for 12 is a little uh non-appealing it's hard, it's hard. does have the win at colonial is the only career win hits the board a lot so definitely a horse you want to well, play tell us why the vertical. eight's gonna win pete i don't have the eight and i, I need them i was just gonna get to it so this is another one where we have another one that has experience here which isn't surprising because of the the race we're in we're out of the graded stakes two for three here i, I like that was it basically three bad runs in a row so it wasn't looking good jumps into a stake back at colonial gets the win was actually took some money. The thing that I liked the best was actually had some good races back here at colonial, maybe just likes this track and maybe just didn't like the Laurel and Delaware and comes back here and is just comfortable here. Trombetta, look at this. You see, if you could, if you could read that, it's 14 out of 20, six out of 20 wins, 14 out of 20 in the money here at colonial and 29%, 68 in the past year here. So definitely has an affinity for this track. I think could sit mid pack should get a decent run at them. And again, my, my basic argument with this horse was maybe this horse just likes colonial and we're getting, we're getting him back here again. Now he's going from $125,000 stake to what was this an optional claimer 25. So I, I feel like, like you said, I don't love anybody in this race. It's a spread race for me. So why not take a shot who maybe for a horse that just likes the course. So we have Jim in, in the, in the bullpen here. So why don't we jump to our pick fives and then we'll bring Jim on. We'll, we'll get his take on. We'll see if we get, if he has any takes on the Arlington million or any of the other races here. I will, let me remove this for now so we can look at our beautiful faces for a little bit. Let's bring up Paul's pick five first. So I'll read it off. Paul has a $96 pick five. 
one six, with one three, with one five six, with two four five eleven, with two four nine ten, and again that's ninety six bucks. Paul, what was your what was your theory here? Well, my theory is we need a lot of coverage in the last two in races. Last, I think too. you and I just documented, right? And uh, you know, if you were doing it properly, you'd probably pick one in the first leg yeah. and spread even more in those two and, and perhaps include uh, that three horse we talked about uh, in leg number two. Uh, oh, I have the three in leg number two. Oh, good. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Leg you're number three. You, aren't no, you no, happy leg, when you look at your picks? <laughs> leg, num- leg number three, I'm sorry. The three is that euro that my theory yeah, yeah. I might like the firm. So, yeah, if you're doing it right, you'd probably take a stand. Again, I would be very surprised if anyone other than one and six won the first leg and need as much coverage as I can at the end. No, I, I agree with you there. And actually, it's funny when we get we'll get to my ticket now. My ticket, ninety six dollars. Same, same structure, basically. same exact, same no, exact. exact. Oh, no, it is exact, right? Yeah, two, yeah. two, three, two, four, two, four. Th- yeah, there you so go. I, I have one six with one seven, with one three five, with three seven eight nine, with four eight nine eleven. And again, I don't have to say too much more. Same thinking as Paul. First leg, it looks like those are too obvious. My second leg is actually where I have more than looks. So if that one scratches out, I would probably add another horse. I'm not sure who I would maybe add, maybe most stash, because I'd like to have some speed in there. But again, just went a little bit deeper. And like we said, we'll bring, uh, actually, let me bring Jim on real quick now. Jim, you'll, what's going on, Jim? We have the, let me give him his introduction first. We have Jim Miller, director of racing and every other thing you could possibly think of title-wise at Hawthorne. But how's it going, Jim? Good. I, I can tell you, it pains me to no end listening to you guys talk about a card that has the Secretariat Beverly D and Arlington <laughs> Million on it, and it's not taking place at Arlington Park. The place where I got started in racing, I, I just drove by it three days ago. So to see what it looks like right now, it does. It, it, it pains me greatly to uh, to to hear the names of these races. It's, it's a very good card, but uh, there's only one place these races really should be run. I mean, it says it's still in name, so so amen to that. Although we still like the races, we're still, you know, me and yep. me and Paul, I know, we're still degenerate horizontal players, <laughs> so we're still gonna we're gonna bet it, and and we're gonna bet it regardless because it's a good field. Did you yep. have any thoughts? So what I was gonna tell you, Jim, is I don't. You came on after this in the Arlington Million. Yep. There's one eleven horses. Paul and I. Went four deep in our pick fives, and we have eight different horses out oh my of the gosh. eleven. So, which is unprecedented, I think, for this who's show. Got, who's got the Chad Brown horse under ticket? Adamo. I have Adamo. It's my top pick, actually. Okay. That That's who was my top pick. pick was in the race too. Oh, see, now I feel now I actually feel <laughs> smart. So great. So you're costing me money, Jim. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You never know. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Ch- Chad Brown off an extended layoff is absolutely incredible. I mean, you're not just talking 30 to 60 days. You're talking 180 plus days. It's still just an incredible record. He does such a fine job getting these horses ready. And it's not like you're trying to get the horse ready coming back for an overnight stake, a 75,000, 100,000. You're coming back for a million dollar race. So you're coming back with intent. You're coming back for reason. And uh, you think the horse is ready. The other horse I kind of liked was Northern Invader in the Secretariat. Yeah. Um, I was looking at that horse as a little bit of a price. I didn't see if you guys had that horse on your tickets either, but um, just a lightly raced race horse who is kind of the unknown in that race. And it's one of those horses that I really think 
might just be able to continue that progression and maybe do so. Maybe you catch a little bit of a price on the horse too. No, and I, I think – oh, yeah. go ahead, Paul. You're going to say something? No, I was going to say, I, I think, Jim, you're definitely going to get the price only because, yeah. you know, the whole coming off a of maiden win right. going into a great two. But Cherie DeVoe is – she's a Sharpie. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that's no, the thing. It's, it's not the name to some – right. It's not the name to some. We know Cherie DeVoe, and we know the ability of not only her as a trainer, but no, just how horses can progress and step up. You got to take a shot sometime. And, and there's not a ton of three-year-old, really solid three-year-old turf races earlier on in the year. So now you're starting to hit that point. I think it's the right time to take that chance. Yeah, we actually, and, we, we were know, a little Pete, bit over we the talked about, yeah, We talked about, we, we, we weren't sure, Jim, if more than looks is going to stay at Saratoga for tomorrow's race, right. which we are speculating that that horse will, which... If that's the case, right. then maybe Northern Invader, you got moved up even a little more. Yep. You know, because uh, Cherie would be separating them. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, right. Why run two when one will do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Oh, geez. Jim has costed me money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a great race, though. And, and I, Northern Invader was close for me, Jim. That was sort of the, maybe the last one off. So if more than looks scratched, that's one. It was probably like a mustache Northern Invader because I wanted, you want to have sort of one of the horses that's right. going to be maybe near the top. And I right. think mustache we know is going. Northern Invader looks like could go with, maybe sit just off. And we'll see if that, if the step up a bit, if, if he's able to, if he's able to still, because most stash is tough to pass. So yes. if Northern Invader sitting there and then I have silver knot. So silver knot was my oh, top yeah. choice. Yep. I like yep. to cut back to the mile, but I think that's a fantastic race. And I think most of them, maybe not the eight T at one is the only one I thought didn't have a, a super lo- or a really gigante, the two long shots, but the other ones, if any of them won, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's a very good race. I think that might yeah. be actually the best betting race on, on the card. Yeah. Well, we were talking, we said the Arlington, just because we're so dumb, we have every horse in the race. So we figure, you know, it has to be a good betting race. We right. hope since we can't decide on anything. So that's the, <laughs> that's the hope from our perspective. You know why Jim, this is a tough race is I think silver Knot could win this race by six legs. Yeah. And I think uh, if, if he told me he's going to run third or fourth, I wouldn't be shocked. Right, exactly. You know, and and it's going to come down to price because you're going to right. silver knot's going to take take the action. Then everybody yep. else kind of fades away a little bit and some horses yep. are going to get overlooked. So definitely. Yeah, well, we hope, Michael. We're speculating on more than luck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll listen to... So, all right, well, we're going to get to Hawthorne. Jim and I are going to talk through the late pick four at Hawthorne on Sunday. Paul, you have any parting shots for for our viewers before you um, head off into the um, sunset? Uh, sunset, I'm off slaving for Uncle Howard. I know, actually, he's got to get <laughs> Jim. He's got to get back and finish tomorrow's Saratoga Power Pick. So Paul's Man. working. Okay, that's he's what working. I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. How- Howard gets a little bit of a, a relax going over to school. I mean, he he gets some time off. It's a vacation for him. I mean, right. dealing with parents is a hell of a lot easier than picking these cards. Right, it seems exactly. Like. Well, don't be so sure about that. Well, maybe the maybe the first maybe the first week later in the semester when the grades start coming out. Maybe an elementary, maybe an elementary school. Right, right. You'll well, find, they, out, they you'll find out how, how how tough of a grader Howard is. Really, that's true. Yeah. That is true. So All right, gentlemen, I'm off to work. All right, Paul. Good luck. Jim, great seeing you as always. Good seeing you too, Paul. Good luck. See you later, Paul. All right, Jim, me and you, let's talk through. Last time you and I did this, 
I think I had on the show had the pick four. So maybe Hawthorne and talking to you is my, maybe that's my, uh, maybe that's my remedy for some of the bad picks that I had at Saratoga last week, but, but we shall see. Saratoga has been weird though. I mean, even watching today, you look to see back-to-back days off the turf, you're seeing kind of the way races are unfolding in that a little bit. It has. It's been it's been a little it's, bit of a tough card, at, at just to, just overall too. Well, we've been doing every time you do it. We do a show or we do picks. You wind up half the a third of the card scratches. So right. half your picks go in the crapper, and you're sort of scrambling when you yeah. figure out who's actually in these races and are they back on the turf. Hey, right. Christine. No, we're still here. We're going to talk <laughs> some Hawthorne. So stick around with us if you want. We're going to get to the good stuff now. But yeah, Saratoga has been been tough and you really just want a race you just want a couple days where every all the races stay on the turf all the horses run and we can get some actual you know actual good quality i was surprised they weren't on the turf today actually so yeah although they did have a match race basically that was won by like 20 seconds 20 something lengths so they scratched from 12 to 2 i was watching that because we tried to stagger our races today just to avoid oh, Saratoga yeah, yeah. early in the day and Del Mar later in the day. So you look up and you see a two and you're like, okay, that's the race where we get positioned and we actually set our post time. So we're able to jump ahead of them the next race. Oh, you and, did. And just watch it for that reason. And uh, you know, the, the bomb and I saw some jokes on Twitter, the bomb, the long shot won that race, <laughs> yeah, the even whatever money it was, horse, the yeah. even money shot. Yeah. All right. So Jim and I are going to talk through the late pick four on Sunday at Hawthorne. So it starts with race five. So I, I didn't refresh this. There's no odds yet, right? Oh, no, uh, there are there's now. odds, oh, yeah. I, since I now. do the line, there better be odds. Well, I didn't know if they actually hit it yet. So I know, I know. yeah, you do the line. So if anybody wants to curse about any of these morning lines, then, then we can yell at Jim right here. Yep. But yeah, these are the first time I'm seeing them. So I'll see how some of my horses are. So fifth race, we have claiming 5,000, purse 15.5, Six furlongs on the dirt. We have a field of eight, and we have a set by Jim morning line favorite of Sunny is not so, so funny, funny at yeah. five to two. Let me bring up, let me switch to now. We're going to go some Hawthorne banners. Huh. And Jim, you have the two horse Time Heist, which is a fun for any Marvel fans. Time Heist is yep. from, uh, from Endgame, if anybody cares about that. So you have the two Time Heist. What do you like about this one? Yeah, this is a really tough race. And the one thing I want to premise with this sequence, yesterday's late pick four, mm-hmm. I think the longest price was maybe 20 bucks, 24 bucks, and it paid $10,000. So it was wow. one of those things, just beat a couple favorites and you have a chance for a really good return. This sequence is similar. Um, time heist, I like for the fact that this is a horse that might just get the right setup. It was a really brutal start in that last out. And the horse still came running at him late in the lane. But if you look at some of the prior races earlier on in the meet, especially that race back in April, that was a really good effort. That was a race where the horse won by four, claimed out of that race. The vet voided the claim after that. So trainer Jim Watkins had to go ahead, pay the money to get the horse off the vet list, take the time and come back. But he didn't come right back for 5,000. He's like, I'm going to try the starter. Tried the starter, ran okay, finished fifth. Then you run for an open 62.50 at FanDuel. Then you came back for the five in their last house. So they're back where they were claimed before, back where they won by four and three quarters lengths. But I think the horse might get overlooked just because you have a massive plunger and Sonny is not so funny in here. So six to one on time heist, definitely worth the look. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I was with you. I had this horse in second and, and I'm looking at it the same way you are. And again, we, you sort of go, you get a little horse for course now doesn't win one for nine. Doesn't like to win generally, right. as you see, this is what scares you. The one for 22 yep. at the distance, but yep. again, 13 in the top, you know, 13 in second and third, right. six out of nine in second and third at Hawthorne. So this horse knows how to get there. Now you just have to find the right field, find the right level and get a better trip. Like you said, that last trip was, was, was pretty awful. Now yeah. I'm hoping we get a better trip. I think as my notes say here, just sort of fits here. And right. at this level, maybe this is the time. And if we can get that six to one price, even, even the better. Well, and here's the thing that's interesting because the horse you have on top, is the same trainer, Jim Watkins. And that's, yep. of course, Cindy's G-Man. Jim Watkins, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, he's the president of the Illinois HBPA down at Fairmont Park at FanDuel Racing. Yet yep. look at the amount of horses that he's run at Hawthorne this meet, and he's winning at a 24% clip. So he's coming up to Hawthorne with a lot of horses, and it's nearly five-hour ship to ship these horses up to okay. FanDuel. So anytime he ships up, you're shipping with intent. You're going up there with that chance to try to win races. He kind of has both ends covered here. Cindy's G-Man is wigging it to the front. That's a horse that's yep. going to show speed, maybe the fastest of all. And if that horse can clear, could take him the whole way around. Time Heist is the one that kind of rates back and runs at him late. So he's kind of got this field sandwiched a little bit. Neither of them are going to be the favorite. I laid both horses at six to one, and there's the potential that you could get that on both of these runners. Well, I was actually, I, you know, I think you're right about. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to the favorite in a second. I yep. thought this one might take the money just from sort of the pace advantage right. and, and something that you see there. And again, I like going back where, yeah, the last, and this is maybe what does get you the price though, I guess is the last three just don't look right. that good. And it right. muddies the form up. But if you come back to the Hawthorne races, you see the win here, you see the second, you look, you see five out of six in the money. I did have a stat Watkins and, and Felix, the combination dirt sprints at Hawthorne in the past five months, eight for 17 on the win end, 13 yeah. for 17 in the money one with Felix on the front end last time, all those little things I like to where we can maybe recapture yeah. that form. And it's racehorses like this. It's he usually goes to Felix when it's a speed type of racehorse. Julio's very good at getting these horses out of the gate, but still saving something for the lane. And that's one of the things where he's not just putting a bug rider on there. He's just going to wing it and go, go the whole go, way. Go. Yep, right. Yep. Julio's a smart veteran rider. He'll get the horse in position and then have something uh, saved for late. So, uh, it's definitely a horse that does figure. And the other thing, too, you're right. The last two races at FanDuel Racing are the reason people might overlook this horse because they say, oh, it's FanDuel. The racing's not that good. Well, Scott Becker has a full stable of horses there that are very good. Steve Manley's a guy that wins at a lot of places and does very well. Jim Watkins does good there, too. There are some horses that are actually pretty good racing down there. But when you get some of those figures that don't look that great, that's where you catch your price. Yeah, that's what that that would be lovely. So you have you have the five. Sonny is not so yep. funny in second, and you have this yeah. horse. You set this horse at five to two. I assume it's mostly just because of the the class drop. Right. Look at the race three back. The horse was six to five and ended up running second in an, in an allowance race in an open allowance back in June. Yeah. The thing about it for this horse too. You're starting to get near the end of the meet. We have a month left of racing for the meet, and then there's going to be an extended break at Hawthorne, something that we've never done before because this was always the Arlington Park time of year and then oh, Hawthorne okay. raced yep, in yep, the fall. Yep. So we end the first week of September. So what you're going to see is some of these horses that trainers may not want to carry on throughout, say, four, five, six months of an off-season. They may drop in and say, I want to get that victory, and I want to get the victory and get claimed. This horse is going to get claimed in this race. So yeah. he'll drop down. He'll get claimed for 5000 If you have the chance to go out there and get the purse and get another 9000 on top of it, 
that could be the reason why a horse like Sonny is not so funny is in this spot. Uh, Mike Rivas doesn't usually just drop horses for no reason. He does it with intent. And this is probably the reason because he's a claiming trainer and he gets claimed off of quite a bit as well. And this is one I feel like this was probably the fourth horse on my list and I probably should move this one up. Do you want to talk anything about Risky Boy? I see you have a nice 12 to one Um, shot in your third. Is that sort of a is this a play for the top end or is this just sort of more of an underneath? It's an an underneath type of horse. Here's what you're going to need. Cindy's G-Man hurts so bad. And Ginsburn, all to remain in the race. The three horses that can all show some speed. If that's yep. the case, this is a horse that could come running at him late. I think the start three back is good enough to at least be in the mix. That was an open 8,500 race. This is a race that's a little bit of an easier race. It's going a 16th of a mile further. I just thought at a price the horse could possibly sneak in late. Yeah, it's funny. I had the note here. Fits at this company, but doesn't like to win. Right. Should be an underneath horse for sure. And if you can catch a price and then if you can catch, if you can beat that favorite and maybe the drop right. down isn't there and you can get either the four or you can get the four or the, the two on the top and you can get this three underneath. Now you're talking about a nice vertical play. Right. And, and I'll be t- more than happy with that if that happens. Anybody yeah, else you want to talk to here? Oh, go ahead. No, but you're going to see when you when we get to my pick four ticket why that race is so tough. Because oh, that's I, right. Now I remember. I mean, it, it, I it's remember one of those that. things where I thought that was the race that is the hardest race of the sequence and the chance to catch a price. So trust me, I will be playing or I'll be cheering against Sonny is not so funny for sure. <laughs> and you'll see why when we get to the pick yes, four. Yes, now, now I completely remember that. <laughs> All right, let, let's, let's get to the second leg. I'll yep. bring up our picks here. Second leg, race six, claiming 20,000, purse 21. We're going a mile on the turf. The rail's at 10 feet. We have 10 going. We have uh, with one main track only also yep. eligible, but we have 10 going with another soft favorite. I like all these soft favorites yeah. we've been seeing tonight. Forward curve, the 10 for Scott Becker, as you said, 7-2. to two, And you are going with, let me see as it scrolls through, you are going with the three, three. Millard Smile. What was yeah. the, What was your choice on this one about? Yeah, well, here's the thing about the two speed horses are to the outside. Slava Ukrainian forward curve. They're yep. going to have to work at that mile distance. They're going to have to kind of wing it to get crossed over into that first turn because it's not a real long run into the first is, turn. Is this the race I remember where the outside isn't as successful at this configuration? Right. I yep. think I checked that one, and I yep. thought there, were not, there weren't many wins, if not zero, right. on sort of those outside post positions. Yeah, the two hardest distances, seven and a half and one mile okay. on the turf because it's a short run into the turn. A lot of times those horses are either having to really wing it and then they're just kind of running out of steam or they're getting hung wide. So with the speed to the outside, Millard's smile is a horse that the big question is how they're going to handle the turf. Cause this is a horse that only has one start on the turf and it wasn't a great start, but it was some time back. You got to dig through the past performances to find it. But here's the thing about Millard's smile. Those races were against so much tougher company from what you've seen in those recent starts. Yeah. Notary has been very good. Look at the race three back. The winner of that race was Act the Fool. Act the Fool was the winner of the Hawthorne Derby on the turf course for Larry mm. Ravelli. And this horse finished third behind Act the Fool in that spot. Now you're finding things for what I feel is a much easier. The 29-3 off of those optional 40s and that you just have to take to the turf a little bit. But with the speed to the outside, I think this horse sits back and comes running at him late. And the other thing, too, Orlando Mojica is our top rider at Hawthorne. Yep. I'm sure he had the choice of multiple horses in this race. So he goes over to this horse, and it's not like he has a history with this horse either. 
if Mojica's still saying, hey, I want to stick with this horse because it's the best horse in the race, that's something that I'm going to stick with too at that price. No, and I might have to because I had this horse as sort of on, on the second line, but yep. I, I might move this one up because I think it was everything you were talking about. And just looking at the breeding, I thought there was enough turf breeding yep. on both sides to where, uh, yeah, you could ignore that earlier race. That was a long time ago. It right. was a different time. Now I think this horse maybe knows its form a little better. Is is Again, this is another one where I think the level is a good fit right. for this horse to where they can, this horse can maybe – he can get on the win end. where. Well, it- yeah, and here's one other note for you that's just kind of an odd but an interesting note. So Eduardo Rodriguez was at fairgrounds throughout the course of the winter. If He had intentions of wanting to run this horse on the turf at fairgrounds. But if you remember, fairgrounds, because they had their turf course issues and it was only eight starters on the turf, they also limited it to only stakes, only allowance races, mm. and paid an allowance. So for him to try to get into a race like that, he, he would have had to run over his head to a spot where he didn't necessarily figure or be stuck on the also's trying to get in. So there's so many different issues where he's probably been waiting to try to get to the turf. And this is a spot where he figures that he can get into the mix, had that decent race against Act of Fool. And that was probably the reason he stayed on dirt for a little bit. But now yep. that attention gets over to the grass. You know, you've, I think you've convinced me to move this one up, you know. So in, in a race where, again, I was with you, I didn't love the other horses. that right. I, I didn't love anyone on top. So let's – so you have – we'll go to yours next because I have this horse on top, yep. Modifier. What would you think about – like this is just a horse that just seems to, again, seems to fit, yep. ran well back at this level. But what do you like about this one? I'll let you go first. He fits on the turf for sure. I mean, this is a horse that the last two numbers, both of those figures are going to put the horse right there. Javier Tavares, the one thing I love about Javier Tavares, he's the one rider that is not afraid to make a move along the inside. A lot of guys so often are just going to say, okay, I'm just going to take the overland route, cost them a little bit of ground. Tavares time and again and again will just wait on the rail, bide his time, try to get through. And and it's paid off for him with numerous wins over the course of the last couple of racing days. But this is a horse that I just think has that ability to kind of settle back, save that ground. The the break's not going to be too important, just has to get out of the gate and find that position. But I yep. could see him with the one that gets the ground saving trip the whole way around and comes running at him in the lane. I do love a, a Gio Ponte. If you, you could, all the way back oh, on the wall back there is a big yeah. Gio Ponte picture. I love I love a good Gio Ponte. Yeah, and I was thinking sort of the same thing. And and again, these some of these horses that that bounce from surface to surface, their form gets muddied up a little bit. Yeah. And it's almost like if you just erased everything else, what would you think of this horse if they only had these four and this horse was then right. sort of dropping back to a level? with these nice solid turfs and you don't see this, this funny looking two here with right. the, with the loss by 39. And that's where your price comes because people, people yeah, look yeah. at that. Exactly. Like, Oh my gosh, this horse is con- it's so inconsistent. They got beat 40 and, and yet, but yeah, it was on the dirt. It that's, was on the, the dirt. Thing. Yeah. So we'll see. And then I, so I had the eight and second, I just yeah. want to get your take because this horse won, this is a horse you generally don't like most, not you, but most people because right. the horse wins at 42 to one comes from off the pace and now you're getting the horse at six in their single digits. And generally you're like, well, I should have caught it last time. For me, I just wondered if maybe this horse, because it was the second, only the third race on the turf, right. second win in a row on the turf and has those dirt races sprinkled in, maybe this horse is just doing what he wants to do. And then they just didn't realize it. And that's why the odds were so bad last time. I don't, I don't know. What's your take? Though? Well, and I, I think you're onto something there too, because like I mentioned, Steve Manley, he's another one of those guys that's stable down at Fairmount Park okay. for Dual racing. So it's not like he's stable at Hawthorne and just has all these turf opportunities because they don't have a turf course, but you look last year, he wanted to get on the grass. Okay. He went over to horseshoe Indianapolis and ran on the grass. 
Then he was able to run at Hawthorne in the fall. And then you look early in the year, well, we weren't on the turf early in the year. And then finally gets that opportunity to get on the grass and look what happens. This horse that pops at a huge price. I would put the horse right in the mix. You run back to that last race, it's probably a winning race. So it's not like you can dismiss the horse by any means. You're definitely not getting that same price. But I think you are probably going to get, because the horse won at 42 to 1 and people will use that handicapping logic, you're probably going to get somewhere between 6 and 8 to 1 on the horse for sure. No, I agree. And I, yeah, I, I, I kind of like this one and I, that, that was my thinking and I, I'm glad I wanted to confirm it with you before yep. I, and the two for two at Hawthorne, I like, like you said, wins the last two. And again, if you took out all the rest of this stuff and you see a horse that ran two in a row with a nice buyer of 73, you'd be like, oh, this horse should be one of the favorites potentially. Well, but And you know. it's the, the meat's leading rider in the saddle. Centeno's won more races than anybody else. So you're, you're, you're keeping the rider who won last time, but the fact that they got him last time, was the thing too. I mean, Centeno said, I'm going to jump on this horse at 42 to one. When you're the meets leading rider, you usually have opportunities to pick horses and races also. Yeah. Anybody else you want to talk about here? Or should we move on to the next? Um, if you're playing underneath, just scroll to the five horse. Just one thing sure. that you definitely have to point out in gate crew. Look at all the runner up efforts on the turf. It's a yeah. massive amount of times that this horse runs second. If you're playing, play the horse underneath. If the horse beats you, it beats you. But for that reason and that reason alone is the reason I couldn't use gate crew in this spot. But if you want to play gimmicks, the horse always seems to come running at him late the lane. It just comes up a little bit too short. Yeah. Hey, we, we know Howard's in the Howard looked like he was in the chat there. This could be a, this could be one of the Howard specials of playing a horse in the underneath spots. And it looks like it's a wide open field enough to where I think you can get some prices on top. So this would be as good a race as any to, to sort of, to sort of go with that method if you, right. if you really want to catch a nice paying trifecta. All right, let's move to the seventh. I'll bring up our picks. We have made in special weight, 38,000 going five furlongs. We have a field of eight, a couple Larry Ravelli's, eight to five. I was wondering who was going to be the favorite. I'm, I'm glad the odds came up while we we're on here because I wanted to hear sort of the reasoning, but I think <laughs> I know what it is. We have the seven, give me the candy. You have the seven, give me the candy on top. What did your... Why did you make this one the favorite, aside from the fact that it ran and ran pretty well and it has Ravelli, but, and you have this horse on top? What was the thinking yeah, there? I mean, you're a decent price to OBS purchase who went off at six to five in the debut. Uh, yep. You know the horse is going to get the backing. And, and it was the typical Ravelli move. Go out there, show speed, see how far you can carry that speed. And the horse, I thought, ran a decent race. I think they actually probably needed that race too because if you look, everything kind of leading up to that start until that final work, it was three-eighths of a mile, three-eighths, and everything was three-eighths, and then finally a half, and you just came up a little bit short in the end. Yep. Now you come off that race. You have a half-mile drill. I just think a little bit more fitness. Ravelli won a race with a first-timer today that was a $7,000 purchase and won a maiden allowance on the front end. So this is a horse. And also, we know one of the owners there, Frank Mastari, who's the guy who's a con <laughs> yes, contest yes. player. You know Frank's money is going to be on the horse, too. So. It's one of the things where Ravelli always takes action. They're going to get a lot of back. And I thought the horse ran pretty well in its debut. And I think it probably runs really well in this spot also. Yeah. And it did lose to a Brad Cox horse too. So right. I figure that one was, was pretty, I did have a, a funny stat that I wanted to run. So yeah. Ravelli 0 for 12 on the win end, six for 12 in the money. Second time, this is a weird one. Second time yeah. starters and made in special weight dirt sprints at Hawthorne. So if you're trying that? to beat a favorite, there you go. That that's the clincher right there. If you want to, if you want to take a favorite down, but no, that's, you know, we always like to dig those up just in case, but I want to hear what you got to say about the six here. 
Oh, so, <laughs> well, it's funny because I, 12 to one, I, I never, I, especially with the maidens yep. and I, especially because I don't know all the connections as well. So I never really know. So my idea on the six is very silly, potentially sire side, 18% wins, two-year-old first time starters. So at least there's a little bit of something there. 11% dirt sprints on the damn side, not as much two for three in the top two with first time starters. So not as much of a, a depth there four for 10, seven for 10 on the money dirt sprints. But the thing I really liked was, and yep. I, how do you pronounce this last name Essen, here? Essen Price. S Price. Okay. Yep. S Price as the, who is the trainer, the, the breeder and the owner. But if you look at S Price with this owner, with Centennial, three for three wins on the dirt at Hawthorne. That's it. I was like, you know what? Maybe the fact that this horse, he has, he has a great jockey on owned by owned by Shelly owned the train by Edward bred by, is it Shelly? Am I pronouncing no, that? Yep. Name? Okay. I just thought, what the hell this horse might be a price. Maybe there's a lot of factors that are working into it. I'm going to take a shot and see if I can catch a price horse here and beat the two Ravellis. All right. I'm going to give you some great inside information to help you feel even a little bit better about oh, your beautiful. selection. I like that. All right. So when we do entries, especially for races like this, because we don't have a ton of Illinois bred horses, yep. especially for two-year-olds, when we have an Illinois bred two-year-old made in allowance, we'll usually put an open two-year-old made in allowance on the same day of entries, just in case the Illinois bred race doesn't fill and these horsemen want the opportunity to, if from one race to the other, to go ahead and run. So the Illinois bred race only had four in it. Okay. The open race ended up having six in it. Well, some of these horsemen decided, I'm going to if over and, and do it with the chance because I want to run this racehorse. And some decided, I don't feel that I can compete against the open horses. Well, Eddie Austin Price ifed over immediately. So he entered in the Illinois bred race, but said, if that race doesn't go, I want to be in the open, which is this race here. Yep. At the same time, he stabled down at Fairmont Park. Well, Fairmont Park tomorrow is entering for an Illinois bred two-year-old race. Hmm. Well, he chooses this spot instead where the purse is $14,000 more than what it is down there. And being an Illinois bred racehorse, if he runs in the money, he's going to get another 40% on top of it. So he's running. You talk about trainer intent. The intent is here. He's thinking that if he can go out, run well, if he wins this race, they're making almost $40,000 for the racehorse compared That's to what awesome. they would down at FanDuel, which would be about 15000 So you take trainer intent into account, and you have to with something like this. You have all the stats. Again, it's a leading rider riding for a guy that isn't as well-known at Hawthorne. You're going to get every bit of that 12-to-1, Pete, but it would not shock me at all if this horse ran well. Oh, I love to hear that because, yeah, I figured this again, when you have first time starters or even a second time starter, you just never know. So I figure right. if I can catch a price and again, it's not like I wouldn't use the seven or most likely the five. I yep. want to give a quick thing on on Neon Dion, the other Ravelli horse here. I and mean, Mohica's always Ravelli's go to guy when he's at Hawthorne. So he puts him on this one and I'm sure it's because Amy rode the other horse first time out. Yeah, A lot of times, and we've seen this quite a bit actually out of Ravelli lately, he's going to enter two in there and then only one is going to run. So look to see if one of these horses scratches and then okay. you kind of give a look to the other. I think Gimme the Candy stays in only for the fact that this is a horse that's run already and the timing kind of lays out for the horse to run back. Neon Dion, I do have in the mix, but it wouldn't shock me actually if that was a horse that possibly even scratched. Okay. Did you want to say anything about the two? You have the two excitable boy, another um, first time starter for, for Robertson. You know I, I, I like the breeding. I tend to wonder if eventually that horse is going to want to go a little bit longer though. So I'll be curious to see kind of how things unfold, but Hugh Robertson picks the spots. 
and he he kind of picks and chooses and waits. So anytime that he's in a race, especially with a younger horse, they're usually well positioned and, and usually well intended to. Hugh Robertson's very good with two-year-olds. So that's one other thing, too. And he doesn't run a ton of them. But when he does, those horses usually run very well. And you see it from the stat there at the bottom of the screen. But uh, I'll tell you, when, when those horses come out, you can expect a pretty good effort out of Hugh Robertson, the two-year-old as well. Yeah, I thought this one was definitely uh, – he, he didn't have a ton of success made in special weight dirt sprints at Hawthorne, another little stat. But yep. hits the board. It always seems to be hitting the yep. board. So, again, if you can get a price underneath, that's great. So let's move to the last one. We'll try and wrap this up for everyone here. Made in special weight, race eight, purse 38,000. We're going five and a half on the turf. We have a field of 10. The favorite is the seven, Viola. And you are going with the five horse, yep. Ruth of Judah. Yep. Why don't you, I'll scroll to that while you tell us, second time starter. What do you like about this one? Well, here's the interesting thing. These races are available to be run at Horseshoe Indianapolis. And Louis Roussel's choosing to come over to Hawthorne instead to run this horse. He sent the horse over to Hawthorne back at the end of July, and that's when they had their little bit of a break at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Wanted to run on the turf. Race came off the turf. He stayed in. The horse had all sorts of issues prior to the start of that race. Didn't want to load. Really battled back and forth. And then just kind of ran okay. But they're coming back to Hawthorne. They're going to run again. Louis had some success throughout the course of this meet. Sometimes it's a little bit harder at Horseshoe Indianapolis when they run an open maiden race because they run a lot of Indiana bred races and they have a really strong Indiana bred program. So when there's the concern that you may not be able to get in that race and you might be in also, it's one of those things where you're looking here, you know yeah. you can get in the race, they draw well, you get the bug rider, but I think Ruth of Judah is going to be overlooked a little bit because you have that Ravelli horse there and it's a Ravelli horse that's a huge purchase price also. And this is a horse just having a race under its belt and the turf was definitely the intent. And I think this is a horse that could get a very solid trip. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, do, I wasn't sure what to do with this one. I wound up tossing it, but yep. it's always, I hate those horses that just run sort of poorly and you, there's not really an excuse. And you go, was that just a first time starter kind of sure. thing? And they're going to fire that second one out. So I have, I have Viola on top. This was one again, like you were just talking about with Ravelli, Mohica, $635,000 right. purchase. You look at stuff like that. Great stakes. Bold union was a graded stakes winning. Damn violence has been pretty hot. Yeah. It, it's a weird one on the, for someone who's me, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't look at Hawthorne as much. You look at this and go, what the hell is this horse doing here yeah. in this race at 635? Do you want to give a little bit more background on this one? Uh, this is home for Larry Ravelli. Yeah, um, that was he, that. Is it just and he's got some very that? good owners. I mean, and, and, but uh, you're right though, because everybody's like, oh, the horse should come from Keeneland. The horse should come from whatever Kentucky, New York, California. It's kind of a thing. And you do have some horse. I mean, two fills was trained in a Hawthorne all the way up to the Kentucky True. Derby. Yep, it's just yep, it's yep. the home base for Larry, and then he kind of goes from there. But he's got those owners, Vince Foglia, which is Patricia's hope, and then Carolyn Wilson are two of his top owners, and they're not afraid to spend money. But you see Larry popping up. He's had horses in the Breeders' Cup. He's had horses in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, stuff like that. But they start somewhere. And the thing is, Hawthorne's a very good track to train on and then get ready and have those opportunities. So I expect they go from here, run this race. And, of course, if things go very well, then you're probably looking making maybe even something like Keeneland's uh, a yeah. track like that because you are Kentucky bred. 
but this is something where they're going to get the first start out under their belt and then see what they have. And I think that's the reason why that they're here for that first time. Do you imagine you'll even get that seven to two? Or you think this one will take a bunch of more money? I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it takes more money. I mean, the three, the horse that you have second and there is the only horse that kind of maybe evens it out a little bit because that horse has run okay over the course of those two starts. Again, it's Scott Becker who, do, who does pretty well over the, to the Sawthorn Strip. Um, it's a horse that ran okay on the turf in that uh, last out and, and that just had all sorts of traffic trouble really in there and finishing fourth. That may be the only reason that you maybe get a decent price. I don't know if it's going to be seven to two. It may end up being even a little bit shorter. Yeah, it did. I won't show the replay, but this, this poor three had a, that, that, I mean that the horse I think was pulling up basically and just sort of did it right in this horse's face and had no shot, but then still had the guts to sort of run on at the end, which is why I was like, especially underneath, I wouldn't mind this horse at all. Last one we'll touch on angel express. It's just sort of an obvious one. What are your thoughts on this one? I had this one in third you have in second, looks like the, a little bit of speed here too. Well, and, and speed actually has been pretty decent on the Hawthorne turf course. Once again, it's something when the, the turf course has a little bit of moisture in it, then it usually kind of evens out when that turf course gets hard. It's very fast though. If, if you go back and if you have a chance, take a look at the last race today on the turf, okay. we had a horse, we had a horse uh, set the course record a horse by the name of uh tightrope was the name. Um, but the horse went five and a half furlongs in a minute. I mean, it just absolutely flying on the front wow. end ended up winning by 10 lengths and, uh, wow. and made the lead. That. Yeah, our, our stakes winner today, uh, Katie Milady, was another one that won on the front end. So Angel Express is a horse that should be able to get out there, should be able to show speed. Manny Esquivel is a guy who basically has spent the entire summer at Horseshoe Indianapolis, but he pops up at Hawthorne on Sundays just to get a few extra mounts and pick up a little extra money. He rode this horse last time out, rode the horse very well, actually, on the main track, turned back in distance, going over to the turf. This horse will be winging it, and this is a horse that could get a very good trip and it might have a course that plays to its favor. That would be, yeah, that would be nice at a price too. And yep. Escobar, as you could see here, 15 out of 23 in the money. So when it comes, he, he, right. he's coming to, he's coming to win races. He's just not popping over here for fun. So, right. all right, well, let's get to, we'll get to our, our pick four tickets. Yeah. And, and like Jim was saying before, you'll see here in a second. <laughs> so Jim's ticket, $32. He went all in the first leg with one, three, with seven, with three, five, seven, nine. Why don't you talk to us about how you structured this one? Try to beat Sonny is not so funny there at race number five. If you can do that, anybody else is going to provide a price for you. And like I said, it just took a couple of prices on yesterday's late pick four and it returned $10,000. So I'm not saying this is a $10,000 ticket, but I'm also saying in race number five, anybody legitimately can win. There's not going to be any massive prices in there, but there's going to be a whole lot of horses from say five to one to 12 to one. Get a couple of those and beat the favorite. I think you're in good shape. Uh, the second leg, like I said, the big question mark is Millard's smile. We know what we have in modifier. It's a horse that you like, a horse that I have in the mix, um, and a pretty consistent racehorse on the turf. Millard's smile outclasses the field, I think, by quite a bit. It's just going to be how the horse takes to the turf, but that's the question mark and the reason you'll get a price. Um, it's the Ravelli first time, or for or the second time, or excuse me, for me in the seventh. The horse that has the race under its belt shows speed has the longer work since that last start, and I think just might have the edge over the first-timers. The yep. four deep with the four logical horses that you and I have on the uh, ticket in the end and uh, get to that leg, I'm going to be uh, feeling pretty comfortable there because I think one of those four will win the finale. 
No, I'm with you on that one. I think, yeah, we're, we're, we're not too far off in that. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's ways we could both, I'm looking at it. There's ways we could both win, which I always enjoy that as long as we could do that. So here's my ticket, $40 and 50 cents. I didn't get as creative or (laughs) spready. I, I went a straight three, 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 two, four, seven in the first leg with one, six, eight, with five, six, seven, with three, seven, nine. And I think simply for me, it was, again, I thought that first race was pretty wide open. Yep. In the third leg, if you can beat the Ravelli right. horse, that's where I think you could catch it. So like you said, and, and Howard and I talk about this on the show a lot, where you don't need 20 to one shots to have a balloon. You just don't want multiple, you know, six to fives. And this, just this sequence in general just doesn't allow for that. There's not really, I don't think there's going to be a favorite that that's, I mean, you're the the odds uh, maker. Probably, that Ravelli horse is probably that the Ravelli only one. is probably the only one. And it's still a first time, it's still... Um, or, or still raced, not a first time, but right, it's still second race. It's two year olds, yeah. and, and it's not like anybody has anything can happen. So, right. Yes, yeah. So that was my thinking: is hey, I'll go a little bit deeper. Plus, you know, I like to hear what Jim has to say about my horses first. But I do have that one horse, Jack Spratt. If we yep. could win that race, if we can get double digits, then I'm trying to blow up the the pick four a little bit. So. Well, I love doing the Hawthorne. I don't get to do this with you very often. It's it's awesome. Do you have anything specific before we go you want to talk about or you want to plug anything anything you want to say before so, we sign off? Here's, here? the, here's just a cool thing. Looking back to the Arlington Million and you guys talk yep. about the Arlington Million and reading through the comments and seeing some of the names, people talking about the Tin Man, people talking yeah. about some of the other horses. I worked for Arlington Millions at Arlington. So 1993 was Star of Cozine, a really solid racehorse. Yep. 1994 was Paradise Creek. We were all so hopeful that year. If you remember, it was like the, the big match, Paradise Creek and Laura. Were they going to match up? Were they going to battle? And Laura ended up going to the Baruch, Paradise Creek to the Million. But we were so hopeful, and it was so close that you were going to have like that big matchup there awesome. between those two racehorses. And then it was a wad. And then it was Mecky, two horses that kind of come from out of it. But I just remember talking to David Donk in 1995, and he's like, I don't know if I can win this race with a wad. And I'm like, I think you can. And then all of a sudden, the horse comes charging at him late and wins. And then a little bit later on, I worked for a little bit uh, with Midwest Thoroughbreds, and and I got to know the pizza man very well. And to see him just win the Arlington Billion, it was one of the – Coolest things I've, I've ever seen and, and just kind of have the local horse and all the local connections, the Illinois bread. So there are there's a lot of great memories for the million. So I can't say that I don't dislike the fact that the race is, is happening. I just dislike the fact that it's not happening at Arlington because it truly was. They called it the International Festival of Racing. And it was I worked the press box that you had and it wasn't a huge press box, but you had 50, 60 members of the media that were there and there were international media, local media and that. It was a really cool atmosphere. It was a great way for me to get involved in the game. So for that reason, I'm happy the million goes on. I'm just kind of sad that it's not happening where it belongs. There you go. Howard, Howard popping in a lot was one of his favorite. The pizza man, every, I love pizza in general. Yep. So I always loved it. Did main sequence win the Arlington? Is that, am I remembering that? Or I can't remember, but that I always like this day. I always like this day just because yep. I love turf racing. And I love the fact that you generally would get these nice sequences with big fields and you always got that. And to me, it was just better than these, the short field dirt races. And you yep. always, you could get horses from off the pace, like you talked about, which I love to my own detriment, but you know, I, I just love this day and I'm glad. And again, because I don't have that personal connection yeah. to Arlington, I'm just glad it still exists in some right. form or fashion. 
And again, we're not getting the greatest Arlington million in terms of, you know, like we said, nobody's winning the eclipse out of that race. Right. But it's a fun betting race. I feel like oh, it yeah. could be a blanket finish. I feel like they all could just be coming at the end. So hopefully it's at least a fun day and a fun sequence. And if nothing else, we can cash some tickets out of it. And we're both sitting on a 10 to one shot in there. So hopefully it is a fun day for you and me I. And you, me and you, me and you. I mean, I think when you and I are in sync, I think we do, we do okay. We do. Anything else you want to plug or you're all good for now? You, you know what? Just good luck to everybody. A, a reminder, we always have those contests at Hawthorne Racecourse. Check the website, hawthornracecourse.com. Click on the contest page. So many uh, NHC qualifiers that happen. The big one are always uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So just make sure you check that out. And they can find me on Twitter at Hawthorne Gym if they have any questions as well. Sounds awesome. And I guess we will say that, to, don't forget for everyone listening still, tomorrow's Saratoga Today is a taped version. So if you try and go on at 1030, it won't be anything live tomorrow. So look for the taped version tomorrow. We'll be back with the live versions on Saturday and Sunday like normal. Other than that, like we like to say on this, everyone, please crush your bets for myself for Jim Miller from Hawthorne, for Paul Halloran, who was with us earlier. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys all in two weeks because I'm going to California on Saturday. I'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot, Jim. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Talk to you later.